Hello and welcome to the Positive Feedback Podcast, a podcast from Creating Chances. Here at Creating Chances, we are a for-purpose social enterprise that aims to empower, inspire, and develop young people through our evidence-based best practice programs. This podcast is an extension of that, and each week you'll be hearing from people within our organization, as well as people from other organizations and walks of life that share the same goal as us, to impact and support young people so that they can change the world around them. Through these stories and lived experiences, we hope that you too are inspired to make a positive impact in the world around you. On today's episode, Paul chats to Nikki Bardwell. Nikki is the CEO of Fair Game Australia, an organization that aims to provide equal opportunities for people in remote and regional areas to be able to make healthy lifestyle choices. The two discuss how Fair Game is empowering individuals to live healthy and active lives, how Nikki first got involved with the organization, and how finding your own passion and purpose can inspire others around you. Enjoy the episode. Here we go. Hi. Hey, how Nikki. How are you? I'm great, thank you. So we're joined here with the CEO of Fair Game Australia, Nikki Bardwell. How are you? I'm good now that I'm in. This is my first ever Instagram live chat, so I was a little <laughs> bit nervous about it. <laughs> well, you're perfect. You're centre right in the middle. Love the artwork in the background, and I'm just really keen yeah. to get right into it. So I think that, um, you know, sorry? It's a beautiful artwork. It's my favourite. It it's beautiful. And now I rarely get to speak to CEOs of amazing organisations, so there's quite a lot I want to delve into today. But before that, I was hoping, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself to those who may not know too much about Fair Game and are new to the whole thing? Yeah, awesome. So uh, my name is Nikki Bardwell. I'm a 37-year-old woman that lives in Perth, Western Australia. Um, I'm the CEO of Fair Game um, and really, really honoured to lead our organisation. Um, I have an interesting history, and I think we're going to delve into that a little bit later about how I transitioned into this role um, but uh, I guess what really drew me into Fair Game is I just am a complete sports nut. So any sport oh. that I could get involved in, I um, was all over it, would like to give everything a go. Um, and I guess it didn't really occur to me that those opportunities were provided to everyone. So um, that's sort of what drew me into Fair Game. Yeah, well, that's amazing because, you know, at Creating Chances as well, we do share those same values. And it's, it's really interesting to know that we, we both have, a passion for positive, you know, change in through sport with youth development. And I guess with Fair Game, what exactly do you do out in the outback in Western Australia? So um, a lot of the programs we deliver are in regional and remote areas, and that's mainly due to um, that's the areas that, that, that have the biggest need just because there's not the same equitable access to healthy lifestyle choices. So what we're really about is making sure that everyone, no matter what their location or their economic circumstance, has the same access to healthy lifestyle choices as every other Australian. Um, so what we do when we go out into communities is we deliver fitness and health promotion programs. Um, and then we also leave behind the tools that are needed to continue the lessons that we're teaching while we're there. So um, we'll leave behind some sports equipment and we'll leave behind some health and hygiene products as well. Yeah, they must get a lot from that, especially with the health and fitness side of things and also just, you know, those basic needs that, that, that everyone needs. And it's really important to have, you know, the equal opportunity and access for all. And as Eve just mentioned as well, access to healthy lifestyle choice and sport is so important. And it can be fun too. And I imagine those programs could be quite fun. And do the kids like really enjoy it? They warm to it? Yeah, definitely. I think sport can be a very universal thing um, amongst different cultures and different demographics. So, people can really come together no matter what their background through sport. And um, 
I've noticed the skill level of kids in regional and remote areas in sport is just phenomenal. Um, <laughs> so they like to off their skills and run rings around me on the basketball court. Um, but I sort of try to impress them a little bit, showing them how I can kick a football. So I yeah. get some points through that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you gotta you got to keep it even. I guess that's what a fair game is all about, right? <laughs> and exactly, I, yeah. I'm really interested, actually, because, you know, B, we're in Sydney, New South Wales, so we're two hours ahead and you being in Perth two hours behind, I'm, I'm curious to know, is there a difference in choice of sport that they warm to more so out that West Ways compared to Sydney? Yeah, it does differ a little bit throughout the state, um, but definitely the most popular sports are basketball. And when I'm referring to football, I'm referring to AFL football. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely um, very popular. Uh, also across the Pilbara region in particular, softball is really popular. Um, but really just anything that can get um, people out there and active. The kids love, like I said, to have a run around. Um, we've got a yoga program, which is something that's quite new. So the kids really take to that because it's something that's different that they might not have experienced before. Um, but really, if you, I think any kid, if you give them a chance to succeed, they want to join in and they want to be a part of it. And that's what you do for them. So that, that's amazing, especially going out real rural, real far. So that's, that's props to you. And I guess every organisation has a beginning. So I was, I was interested to know how did you know, Fair Game become? How did it start? Yeah, we've got a really fantastic story. So our founder um, is Dr. John Van Boxmeer. So he was, um, I think he actually first came up with the idea around 2007, but it was sort of 2010 that it really solidified. So 2010, he was working as a doctor um, in a regional area in Headland in South Australia, which is um, it's, it's one of our major regional centres, but it's quite a small population. Um, and he was working there and he was seeing um, people present to him with lifestyle-related illnesses on one hand, but then on the other hand, he was seeing people within the community that wanted to be active but didn't have the resources or, or the, um, the items needed to do so. So there was one um, moment in particular that really stands out starkly in his mind and he could see a young man in front of him who was having trouble breathing because of obesity-related issues and then looking past this young man in front of him, he was probably only 18 or 19, looked past this young man and in the courtyard of the hospital, he could see a group of kids kicking around a can and he just thought something is really wrong with this picture where we've got kids outside wanting to be active but not having sports equipment to be able to do so and someone who's presenting in front of me with lifestyle-related illness that could have been potentially prevented through access, which is not there. Um, so the whole thing started with... How do we ensure that we have equitable access? Um, so the idea to begin with was really simple. Let's take sports equipment and pass it out. And from there, it grew into these programs that we deliver today, which incorporates um, passing on equipment, but also fitness and health promotion activities as well. Yeah, I love how such a, a small start, like just, just to have that vision, that purpose to then grow into such a huge thing can can change yeah. so so quickly. And I think that's I just... A testament to just doing the, the right thing when you know it's there's an opportunity to do so. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. 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 And, and I think it's really testament to John as well. So John is such a fantastic leader, um, very visionary, and he really brought people along. And I think we maybe are going to touch a little bit on leadership later, but I think the really key thing with John with leadership is um, he's really great at empowering other people. Um, so making sure that everyone's got a shared vision and then sort of bringing them along and giving them the power to run with it and become leaders themselves. Um, so I think, yeah, definitely a testament to John. He's an amazing person. Yeah, that's definitely one of the key factors of what makes a great leader, you know, that empowering um, ability to others around them. And on that note, you know, at Creating Chances, we do have similar values as an organisation. And just to name a few, you know, we have to be empowered, vibrant, invigorating, 
outcome-driven, trusted, innovative, and making a difference. And I know that I think um, Fagem has some values as well. Would you like to share, I guess, what they are? Yeah, we do. So we um, we put our values under a neat little acronym, FITS, which fits very well with everything that we do. Um, so the F stands for fit and healthy communities, the I stands for inspiration and education, the T stands for teamwork and leadership, and then the S is sustainability and recycling. So everything that we do sort of falls in, in those values, um, and it's nice and easy to remember with that nice little <laughs> acronym. Yeah, it is. It all just puts it all into one. Yeah, I swear yeah. I, I could just keep referring back to, yeah, that's fair, fair game. It just encompasses everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. So, yeah, I wanted to get a bit into more of your story now. Um, could you tell us how and why you became the CEO of Fair Game and what was your journey like to get there? Yeah, sure. Um, so I was um, working as a research scientist when I first uh, found out about Fair Game. So I've had um, quite a career change, but I guess even earlier than that, going back, um, I mentioned that I've always been a sports lover. So growing up, I sort of tried all different sports and I had um, I grew up in, in a metropolitan area. So basically, if there was a sport out there I wanted to try, um, my parents were very supporting and I was able to give things, give things a go. Um, and naively, it probably wasn't until sort of my early 20s that I realised that that wasn't true across the board of kids growing up in Australia. So there's lots of kids that um, don't have access and that may be because either their parents can't afford it or because of the area they live in, um, the sport just doesn't exist. So um, I guess through my early 20s and, and sort of mid-late 20s, all this started percolating that I had been really fortunate in the way the area that I'd grown up and the family I'd grown up with and the opportunities I had. Um, and so I was working as a research scientist at CSIRO. Um, I did a chemistry degree and very passionate about that and, and still a bit of a science nerd. So I definitely haven't um, moved away from that too much. But I guess had had this sort of question in my mind about um, why was I so lucky and fortunate to be born in the position I was and why doesn't everyone have the same opportunities that I do? So when um, I was introduced to Fair Game in 2012, I think for me it sort of ticked a lot of those boxes. I was sort of thinking about those questions anyway and the fact that Fair Game was sort of answering those questions and trying to do something about um, those inequities, it just, it, it was great a great values alignment for me. So um, started volunteering, uh, went on a couple of regional trips and just absolutely fell in love with, with Fair Game, fell in love with regional Western Australia and the communities and thought, this is my passion project. Like, how lucky am I that I get to do this in my spare time? Um, and then um, as an organisation, I was sitting as a as a director on the board and we were thinking, how are we going to be sustainable going forwards? And mm. um, it's, I guess everything just sort of fell into place and it made sense for me where I was at um, and the way I'd sort of looked at what my purpose was. It made sense for me to move in, into the role of CEO and um, a little bit corny, but I, I feel pretty lucky because I get to do my passion project with my, my every day. So <laughs> I feel I think... lucky. That's the dream. That's the dream. And I think that's something that we actually tell our students with our Future Pathways program. You know, we tell them, you know, you have to find something that you'll enjoy doing for the rest of your life. And if you don't, you'll regret it. And I found that, yeah, just from your story alone, that purpose, that that vision and that just enjoyment in what you want to do, I think just taking that step forward and being open to those opportunities. And as you said, you just love Western Australia and, and being out there in the sport as well. So if they find yeah. what they want to do, I think that's just a step in the right direction. So that's awesome to know. I love that. Exactly. And I don't regret anything about the path that brought me here. I love doing science and I really appreciate yeah. the time that I have working in that field. Um, but I think just finding 
that, that finding the purpose and finding that real um, values alignment with what my true core values were and, and what I felt I should be doing. Mm, I love it. Now, I know being the CEO, well, I don't know because I've never been a CEO, but if for yourself, <laughs> being the CEO of Fair Game, how do you stay motivated and focused to continue the good work that you do? Because I can imagine it can get very stressful, you know, we just, yeah, how, how do you motivate yourself to stay focused? Um. I would actually say that for me and in this role in particular, it's really quite easy because I see the fantastic impact that we have as an organisation. Um, so I think if I can always just bring it back to what is the impact that we're having um, and it, it comes back to smiles on kids' faces as you're engaging them in sport or, or passing over a piece of equipment, um, it, it's pretty easy to keep that motivation up. Um, I think I think going back again to purpose and values, if you're doing something that really aligns, it, it can be quite easy to stay motivated and to, to um, you know, keep rolling, keep rolling with the punches when the challenges Good come. Yeah. yeah, that's very true. <laughs> I guess it's very rewarding when you do see the smiles on their face and that's as, essentially what we'd love to see as well. And it does, you know, it just keeps that, you know, gears going as soon as you see that. It just inspires you as well the next time you see them. I think that... Yeah, it's very important to find that balance with work and play. So I wanted to know, you know, what do you do to wind down? And I heard that Fair Game runs a yoga program. I think you mentioned that earlier. And so could you share a little bit about that? What's it called and what's it yeah, about? Yeah, sure. So um, talking about the first bit first, uh, what do I do to wind down? I think if you had have asked me this question three years ago uh, or four years ago when I first started this role, uh, it was all a all talk about, you know, make sure you've got that work-life balance but wasn't so good at putting it into practice. I think I've got that balance a lot better now. Um, <laughs> I think I was totally passionate when I first started and just, you know, wanted to make sure that I was doing everything, that I was just living, breathing fair game and didn't quite have that balance right. Um, now I certainly do a lot more and I, I know that it's been really important for my mental health and my own personal physical health to make sure I've got that balance. So to unwind, I um, do I do a heap of cycling. So I've set myself a goal this year to cycle 5,000 kilometres, which um it's it's a decent amount it's a decent goal so um on the road to that literally on the road on my bike every day getting those kilometers in um besides that I do um Pilates myself so we've got the yoga program but I, I practice Pilates personally um just catching up with friends I, I stay very active um as far as our yoga program goes it's probably the program I'm I'm proudest of so it was another brainchild of John um who is our mm. founder uh, and he's a bit of a yogi himself so he was sort of thinking how can we make yoga more accessible to um, Indigenous communities? So he worked with um, a few different stakeholders and put together a yoga story that um, it, it basically tells the story of a boy that goes on a walkabout and sees a number of animals along the way and each of those animals correlates to a yoga pose. So it becomes really engaging for kids and it has culture embedded in it. And the really fantastic thing is it's been translated into some highly endangered Indigenous languages. So it's actually preserving that language as well. Oh, wow. That is absolutely awesome. I really want to try it because I've just recently started doing my bit of yoga and stretching again. So definitely keen <laughs> and interested. And so I think, is it called Walkabout Wellness? I think it's wellness walkabout, yeah. wellness walkabout. There yeah. you go. Wellness walkabout. There um, you go. That, so that's definitely the, the kids can show me up. I'm um, not particularly flexible, but the kids like to show me how bendy they are. And there's <laughs> one pose in the story where you're meant to do a bend back, and I can't do that. But the kids get quite a kick out of seeing me try, and then they see me how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't worry. You said you were doing five thousand or so kilometers on the bike. I can barely reach ten thousand steps a day. So you're doing really well. <laughs> I've got to get on that wagon. That's awesome. Um, I guess to, to continue on, you know, being in a leadership role yourself and I, what would advice would you give to 
the youth who actually, you know, aspire to be leaders in their own um, local schools and communities? Um, I think um, number one would be know what your purpose is or know what your values is. So do a bit of a deep dive or reflection on what actually drives you and then find something that you're really passionate about. Um, I think taking any leadership opportunity is fantastic, but if you've got passion behind it, that can really give you the motivation and drive. Um, and I think if you're passionate as well, that gives other people feed better off that. They can see that you're really passionate and so they, they you know, want to work with you. Um, the other the other really, really big one um, is authenticity and vulnerability. So be really be authentic. Make sure that you're really authentic to yourself um, and to your core values and that you, that you show that through. But also be, be vulnerable. So I think um, sometimes when we look at leaders, we want someone who's really steadfast and very confident in everything they do. But I think it can actually be really powerful for a leader to be vulnerable and show that vulnerability, show that they are human and you know, they um, are willing to have advice from other people and learn from other people. Um, and maybe I, I like that in leaderships because I feel like that's the type of leader I am. But I feel um, if someone's vulnerable, you can really tap in and really sort of feel what they're feeling. And it, it can be really easy to work with that, with that sort of leader in particular. Yeah, I, I love that. I've never heard that before, actually, with vulnerability. And I think that's so important. And I see it in our organisation as well. But not to go deep into that, I think that, yeah, as you mentioned with vulnerability, I think you can, when you better understand that person, when you truly see um, what they see, I think you can actually go further in that same direction. So I love that. I'll definitely be taking that on to the kids that we teach at the schools that we'll be in, hopefully next term, which I'm pretty sure we will be. So that's really awesome. I love that. And I know you're based strongly in the WA. Are there any locations in New South Wales um, and, you know, how can they get involved, especially with the young leaders that we work with? Uh, so we've got a few programs running in New South Wales. So currently we're working um, with some cool communities. Um, so we've previously in New South Wales done programs in Jarajam, um, in Redfern, um, and also in Claymore. We're working with a couple of cool communities as well. And we have done some regional operations. But really the best way to get involved is to follow us on our social media and look for opportunities through there. And if you're really keen um, to, to flick us an email and get in contact. So that's it, Fair Game Australia. Definitely get on that as soon as you, you, you can. So, and um, I wanted to talk about your, you know, recycling and upcycling of sports gear. Uh, how does that all work? And, you know, um, how much do you actually get out there? Yeah, so the program basically is taking, we say pre-loved sports equipment instead of secondhand. We think it sounds a little bit nicer. Yeah, taking pre-loved pre Yeah. Um, and basically what it is is I think everyone's got something sitting in their garage or under the bed from a sport they tried and didn't didn't get into it. Um, so basically it's giving them an opportunity to take that equipment that's not being used and to be passed on to someone else. Um, a really important part of the program is that we only ever pass equipment on on a needs basis. So we only pass it on if someone requests it. We would never assume that somebody wants a type of equipment and, and pass it on that way. Um, and we always make sure that it's in good condition. So if I wouldn't use it, I would never give it to someone else to use. Um, but basically, um, we've got bins located in different areas, particularly around the Perth area. Um, but within Sydney as well, we've got a big storage shed of stuff. So if people have anything laying around, they can pass it on to us and then we'll find a beneficiary, someone who's in need, um, and we'll we'll pass it on. Yeah, that's such an amazing initiative because I feel that there's a lot of people, and, and myself included, guilty as charged, that you've probably got a soccer ball or a tennis ball or something, gaining cobwebs that could be used for a way better purpose <laughs> and the outback where people actually need it. So such a great initiative, such a great project and such a great organisation, I feel that 
definitely don't waste and don't be <laughs> wasteful. So yeah, that's that's really amazing. Yeah. And I guess as a, a last thoughts, um, do you have any final words or advice for upcoming events um, to know about um, on your end? And uh, where can they find you on the socials as well? Um, so we don't necessarily have any events as far as um, fundraisers or anything. Everything's sort of been put on hold with the, uh, I don't know if you've heard, there's a global pandemic at the moment. Yeah, I think, I, I, think I may have heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> So we've got our, our events sort of are on hold at the moment. We're looking at returning to operations in WA pretty soon. We've been pretty fortunate with the way things have unfolded in WA. Um, but definitely keep an eye on our social media. So we're on Instagram at Fair Game Australia. We're on Facebook as Fair Game. Um, they're the best two places. We, um, we're all over those. Keep the socials updated. Um, and there's some really um, awesome pictures and inspiring stories that come out through that. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry, I missed it. The first part of the question was about yeah, What's any final the, words of advice, I guess. That's that's probably the last part. Yeah, any yeah, final words of advice. Yeah, I guess the theme that I've said throughout the, the whole conversation has been um, sort of find your purpose. So find your purpose, be authentic. And um, I'd like to share my favourite saying as well, which is all ships rise with the tide. So um, you can build yourself up by building others up as well. And I think that's a really important thing to do. Definitely. And a great quote. I do love that quote myself. And I guess lastly, uh, as we get to wrapping up, I just want to say a big thank you for taking the time out to, you know, join us on our legendary conversations. There's definitely a lot of um, key points from this conversation that I'll take on board myself and for those who are listening and will listen later on that I think there's a lot to digest from it. And I'm looking forward to, I guess, doing more collaborations with you in the future. And it is truly inspiring to just hear your story and what Fair Game's all about. So, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's really fantastic. And we at Fair Game love working with other organisations. So thank you for reaching out to us. Not a problem at all. So I guess we'll wrap it up here. This is us from Creating Chances. And uh, don't forget, we create chances. So thank you again. Take care. Thank you. See you later. Bye, Nikki. Hopefully you enjoyed today's episode of the Positive Feedback Podcast. If you want to hear more amazing stories, head on over and subscribe to our podcast feed on Spotify and iTunes. And if you want to hear more about the work that Creating Chances is doing, follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening and we hope to see you next time on the Positive Feedback Podcast.